Hello, and welcome to Fighting Over the VCR. My name is Nancy. My name is Matthew. And in this podcast, my brother and I talk about movies that we watched while we were growing up together. Um, We are continuing our blockbuster summer series. And tonight, our listeners will be treated with a discussion of Mad Max movies. Uh, We will start with Mad Max 2, Road Warrior. And then later in the show, we will talk about the most recent Mad Max film, Mad Max Fury Road. Which technically isn't a movie we grew up watching, but I mean, we're growing up constantly, so I guess... We'll, we'll explain later why we picked uh, that movie. Okay. But, um, so, you know, there's only four movies in this series, so I kind of did some extra credit and watched all of them. <laughs> okay. And part of the reason why I did that is because I think it's important that we try and answer... You know, the question is, why is Max so mad? Oh, I mean, why yeah, is he okay. why is he so mad? I mean, <laughs> is he is he crazy mad or is he angry mad? I mean, why is he so mad? Or is he just brooding, like stewing over something that he's irritated about? I mean, holding did a he, grudge. I mean, did he lose a game of cards? Did you know something happen? I don't know, but. So I had to find out. Okay. And I have seen all the Mad Max movies before. Mm. Um, but, you know, I was watching The Road Warrior and, you know, of the three original um, movies, The Road Warrior is my favorite one. Mm. It, it, it really kind of kicked off, like, the look and feel. And um, it's the one I remember watching the most. Um, It came out in 1982. And in the United States, it was called The Road Warrior, not Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, Mm -hmm. because the first movie, Mad Max, didn't really get a lot of big distribution in the United States. Isn't it pretty low budget, too? It was very low budget. So I rewatched Mad Max because I wanted to know, why is he so mad? You know, why is he so mad? I'm really glad I did because I think I've only seen that movie like two or three times. And it's not a terrible movie, but it's kind of boring. Like a lot of the action, all the action in that movie really kind of happens in in maybe like 15 minutes of the movie. To answer the question of why is Max so mad is he was a cop in a post-apocalyptic future, but it's not all dusty and sandy like it is in the Road Warrior and the future movies. It's actually just kind of green. And and they actually don't even say that like a war or nuclear war or anything like that has happened. All it says at the beginning of that movie is in the very near future, in the near future. Mm. So it doesn't even kind of play up the idea of like, why is everything so desolate or anything? And he is a cop and one of his partners gets burned alive by a biker gang. Hmm. And and he has a wife and kids, and he's just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. So he and his wife and kid uh, go on vacation, and while they're on vacation, they have a run-in with the biker gang. And long story short, the biker gang 
kills his wife and kid mm. by ru- by running them over on the highway. Mm. So you don't actually see them like hit them, but it's implied by um, fast cars, fly- or motorcycles flying by, and a baby shoe like tr- like rolling on the road okay. kind of thing. So that is why he's mad. And like okay. right after that happens, he like he he loses it and then hunts down the whole biker gang and kills them. Okay. That's that's why he's mad. So and then one thing that happens is when he's confronting the biker gang, he gets shot in the knee, which is why in Road Warrior he has a knee brace on the whole movie. And I don't know if you noticed that. So he and Johnny Utah are both meant, um, suffering suffering, suffering knee, knee injuries. injuries. Awesome. Yes. Okay. Yes. This is a yes. callback to our point break discussion last week. Yes. Knee injuries are, you know, common, I guess. So in The Road Warrior, he, you know, after, at the end of that movie, he basically is like, I have nothing to live for, so I'm just going to live. I'm just going to go into the wasteland and, you know live my life day by day and, you know, in constant torture of my family being killed. And, but because he's a cop, he tends to have, you know, moral dilemmas of, do I just say fuck it and not help anybody? Or do I help people? Because that's the way I lived my life before. And that's what my wife would want me to do. Blah, 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 blah. So in the road warrior, I could basically sum up this movie very shortly. He, is one of the hardest things to find in the road warrior is gasoline. So he's trying to get gasoline so his car can continue running. And he has a run in with yet another gang of, of, you know, post-apocalyptic thugs who have mohawks and assless chaps. Mohawks, assless chaps, and their leader, the humongous, which is what his name is, the humongous, wears like a speedo and a um, hockey mask, he's and li- that's all he wears. He's like the gimp in Pulp Fiction. No, but the gimp didn't the gimp have like a full on like leather outfit, or I don't was remember. he just in a speedo? I don't know. You you're into gimps more than I am. Just kidding. <laughs> anyway. Um, so he has a run in with them and they too are looking for gasoline. Well, lo and behold, there's a compound nearby with, you know, the, of the good guys who have a refinery and are making gasoline and eventually Max gets kind of involved with with them and makes a deal with them to try and, you know, escape in in exchange for gasoline. And it all kind of climaxes with a huge kind of car chase where Max driving a semi-truck with a gas gas rig on the back of it are being chased by the gang. Ultimately, they help everyone from the compound get away. And Max thinks that, you know, he's got this huge tanker full of gas. Well, in reality, it was just full of sand. And the people who got who ended up getting away all had it hidden in their cars. So he ended up being kind of screwed over and back and being in a wasteland. Why was this movie so kind of impactful and whatnot? Well, 
one thing that was really big about this movie, it's all about like the look because there's not a lot of story. There's not a lot of dialogue. Not a lot of dialogue. But it was very influential for the kind of post-apocalyptic look of taking found things and making it into fashion, Mm. pretty much. (laughs) And, like, like the way, you know, all the main things all the main vehicles that they use, because everything is revolving around cars and gasoline. Like, they're all these, like, hybrid cars of... Not, like, a a hybrid that we know now that is part gas, part electric, but, like, taking two different cars and merging them into one and and putting the wrong wheels on a car and all this other kind of stuff and then adding weapons and, you know, harpoons and all this crazy shit to cars. And I think... That all really kind of influenced a lot of other futuristic or post-apocalyptic movies. Like, um, I see a lot of, like, what Zion was in The Matrix in, like, the clothing Mm -hmm. and look and, like, the ships in that from kind of heart heart back to to this movie. And even as, like, a kid, I remember, like, taking, like, my Hot Wheels and, like, putting, like, stuff on it to make it like it was a Mad Max Mm. car. You know, and you would just do stuff like that. So why is this like, is this movie a good action movie? It's okay. It's not the greatest action movie, but I mean, for what at the time for what it was doing for all the car stuff. And if you're a car person, it was it was probably neat to see the whole big car chase thing. And for like the look and feel of it, that was a big influence. But other than that, you know, it's not like the greatest movie in the world. But it's kind of fun. And I know it doesn't have... I mean, if you're looking for, like, a really kind of deep, interesting story, don't watch this movie. I was so it, bored. <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised. It was I all, mean, Luckily, it was only an hour and a half, so it wasn't too long. But I was so bored. And watching how gross and dirty and dusty and just... Ugh, all that was making yeah. it just bothered me. Like I and and I didn't care about anyone in this movie. They because they didn't have a and I I don't know if they were relying on us having seen the first one to really not, not at all. Well then not at all. then I mean they didn't give me any reason to care about Mel Gibson at all. Because I mean and and all I agree that all it seemed to be was was just this this. Uh, uh, fight to get gas. That's it. And yeah. it was like, okay. And then you had these very extreme, really weird biker gang people, like you already described, the Mohawk guy with the assless chaps and, you know, the, the use of, like, overstretching their eyeballs for acting, you know, just making yeah. these extreme facial expressions. I just, I couldn't get into it at all. Assless chaps guy? Yeah. He actually... You actually get to see him again in Weird Science, at near the end of Weird Science. He 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 has okay. a he, he plays a role as a post-apocalyptic biker. David Mohawk in that too. <laughs> yes, he did. Okay. What, Watch that. Jack may and, mentioned he may have been in Commando too, and he like had a fight with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he was not nearly as strong as Arnold would have been. So it was a really stupid fight. Anyways. 
oh, maybe it is that same actor, but he looks very different. He had a weird mustache, apparently. Yeah, okay, if it's that same actor, then yeah. yes, it, I know who that is. And, and that movie is not one of Arnold's best movies, but Ray Dong Chong, she's in that. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I appreciate that we watched... I appreciate that we watched Road Warrior 2, because I'd never seen it before. Okay. And then it gave me a much deeper appreciation for Fury Road, which we'll eventually get to later in the podcast. Well, I mean... I do want to just talk about Thunderdome for just a second. So I I did rewatch Thunderdome. Oh, wow. Okay. I watched them all. I watched them all. Man, you're trying to get all this extra credit. Well, I figured it's only four. Come on. And you got to kind of... You kind of got to balance them out to really talk about everything and and is there more dialogue in thunderdome there's a lot more dialogue it's got um, tina tina turner's great in it um you think i'd like that more than the world warrior maybe i mean here's the thing about thunderdome thunderdome has a little more plot but just a little mm-hmm. <laughs> and um it's still about an it's like an hour 45 mm-hmm. you know in length it's still gritty and dirty okay it's still it like the po- the the look and feel has it's not like things have gotten better yeah you know after the apocalypse it still ends with that whole kind of they're in one vehicle and they're being chased by like 20 vehicles mm. and there's something that they want on, you know, and that the the other group is trying to get mm. kind of thing. She wear the slinky earrings the whole time? She wears, like, these slinky kind of earrings that are, like, gigantic. Yeah. I, I rewatched and, the video today, the We Don't Need oh, Another so, Hero video. Uh, oh, okay. So you pretty much got the whole movie. Oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, she wore that fierce but, wig the whole time? She's got the wig. I, I guess that's a wig. I'm assuming it is. But, yeah, yeah she's got the wig and, like, the chainmail out dress, mm. you know. Kind of, it, I mean, it really kind of looks like what I imagine Tina Turner looking like if she was in the apocalypse. You know, no. survive the the apocalypse. I mean, she was rolling on, on more than just a river in this movie. It was all so. sand. It was all sand. <laughs> it's not... I think I like Road Warrior more only because I watched it more. So you have loyalty towards it. So I have more loyalty towards it. But Thunderdome was, you know, up to that point was the most commercially successful because it had a much bigger production. It had Tina Turner and her two songs from the movie. Mel Gib- There's one at the beginning of the movie and one at the end of the movie oh. that are that are her singing. Oh. Um, Mel Gibson was a much bigger star, kind of, sort of. I mean, this Thunderdome came out in 85, so, I mean, he hadn't even done Lethal Weapon mm, yet. Okay. So he ha- he hadn't, like, really skyrocketed, yeah. but but he was more known. But one of the things about this, about Thunderdome, is it's got this whole subplot um, in the second half of the movie with these kids who have survived the apocalypse and how they're living as like a small little tribe in mm. like a canyon and they think that Max is um, like the some sort of savior for them oh. and so he has to kind of set them all straight like nothing is better anywhere else and you're going to be stuck here kind of thing. Hmm. And he ultimately, and he ultimately helps them. (laughs) But because of the moral dilemma, like 
how you know i guess i need i i i got i've i was a i was a serve and protect kind of police officer before i had a kid i had a wife i guess i will help these people and he helps them out and um you know and it ultimately ends just like road warrior does where he helps them get away and he's by himself still in the wasteland wandering aimlessly and uh but uh you know you get some interesting things like so bruce spence who plays the gyro captain in road warrior Mm -hmm. with with the terrible teeth he actually is in thunderdome as a different character but Mm. still a pilot Oh, interesting. It's really, it's really bizarre. And, like, kind of like the assless chaps mohawk guy in Road Warrior in Thunderdome, you have, like, this heavy kind of muscle guy that has, like, this man... What are they called? Like, those porcelain masks that you had in your room. Uh, what are they called? They're, like, the face... Like, the mask with, like, the, the eye makeup on it. And I don't know. There's a name for them, but you had a couple mm. of them that I think mom had painted mm-hmm. for you. Anyway, he has like one of those on a stick with a wig on it that he has like oh. above his head. And That's it's weird. really bizarre. But the big thing about Thunderdome is also Thunderdome. Yeah, people the, it's are set to kill each other in two, a ring. Two men enter, yeah. two men enter, one man leaves. And yeah. that's the law of, yeah. of, of Bada Town. <laughs> Barter Town is the town oh, that Bata. Tina Turner. Barter Town. That's the town that <laughs> Tina Turner has has developed. See, in I it. think I've, I think I'd already like that movie more. I think there's, it ha- there's and it more, has a little more. There's, more there's a little it. more plot. Yeah, it, it's more than just hey, let's get gasoline. The gasoline a- aspect of it is fairly minimal in in Thunderdome. So mm-hmm. there's that, but. Um, you know those for, those three movies really kind of have a huge cult following, yeah. And and a big part of it is kind of the look and feel of it. In so many movies, I just feel like like I mentioned the Matrix. A lot of movies. There's like this movie that I watched from the '80s called Cherry Two Thousand that has like cars and sand and like post apocalyptic kind of aspects of it. I mean, there's tons of them now that really kind of take influence from these movies. There's a movie we've already talked about, one of our very early episodes, that it reminded me a little bit, similar kind of things going on, which is Beastmaster. I mean, it doesn't have vehicles, and it's clearly like a more like a prehistoric kind of thing, and there's no animal telepathy going on. But there is something similar about just how... I think it's the gritty look of it, the gritty directing of it. And and, just like that whole, like, survivor, you know, the the need to survive kind of aspect. I mean, there was no pit of children being thrown into, like, a fiery pit or anything like that that was in Beastmaster, but there was definitely very creepy, weird things going on, but... I like Beastmaster more than I like Madness. Well, and, you know, we talked previously about Terminator, the the original Terminator, Mm -hmm. and how it kind of has kind of a gritty kind of look to it. Mm -hmm. And um, in my research, I read that James Cameron took some influence for the kind of apocalyptic kind of scenes and kind of the look and feel, the gritty nature of it from Road Warrior. Just maybe so he more looked, of an urban environment instead of a right, outback right. kind of deserty environment. Well, there's a there's another movie too that we that we kind of watched growing up with Willem Dafoe and 
I can't remember what it's called, but it, it, it too has that kind of similar kind of look and feel. And I'm thinking we will probably talk about that movie Hmm. later on um, because I haven't seen it in in ages but similar kind of look and feel but you know it really kind of has it has like this these movies have a following Um, I find them entertaining but it's not and and I've watched them multiple times but I'm not sitting there putting them all on my like top 25 list of movies I love forever you know and want to die can't die without watching well and your point earlier about how as a kid you played with Hot Wheels and you were into cars I've never been into cars so I think there was there was a huge masculinity factor in these movies I mean I mean I can, with the exception of the children and Tina Turner, before Fury Road, there's, I don't see a lot of females enjoying these movies. (laughs) There's definitely a testosterone, you know, factor to, to these movies. I mean, young Mel looks great. I mean, there's, he's, he's pretty attractive and this movie so in the in the original mad max when he's very when he's really young he that's probably the the best he looks oh wow you know so he, he just he goes downhill pretty, from there well he just gets older and kind of more rugged pretty, looking he looks pretty he gets good rugged. Lethal, lethal weapon yeah you should just look at some stills from from mad max and and in that movie in the original movie you can actually see like how he's a human being and then you know everything else he kind of has this very closed off quiet kind of yeah. rough look kind of feel and he doesn't start his character doesn't start out that way so considering he says like a hundred words in road warrior i really think the movie would have been better served trimming out maybe five minutes of just the car chase stuff and throwing in five minutes of backstory because I well, haven't seen the first one, and I needed a reason to care about these people more than just gasoline. Like, like I'm curious if Al Gore has an opinion about this movie because of oh, like because of the nat- environmental environmental factors. issues, like natural resources. I mean, does he does he have a stake in watching Mad Max movies? Well, that's the one thing that's interesting about Road Warrior Two is at the very beginning. Um, they do like this little pro like prologue where they're like they show like a nuclear war like the two and they don't say what countries but they're basically implying because this movie came out during the cold war mm-hmm. that you know the united states and russia had like this huge nuclear war yeah. and because of that there's like this huge fallout you know and but it, but it's but, like but, 20 but, seconds it's so yeah. quick yeah oh well yeah well, and they, but they actually, and actually, if you rewatch that, um, not that you really want to, but rewatch that little prologue, mm-hmm. and there's footage in there of from the original Mad Max, mm-hmm. and you see the like the death of the wife and kid, mm-hmm. and and you see him kind of take out the head of the biker gang. I think yeah. in that little cut. I mean, I saw that, but I mean, again, it, you wouldn't know what that was. What that yeah, was? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I kind of figured no it idea. out, but even still, it just I don't know. I I, I think you, I think films need to earn the audience's um, interest, and it just it didn't do it for me. But well, Fury Road is a different story. Yes, I I I think that one of the things about if you're comparing Fury Road to all the other movies is it's definitely of the four 
the most entertaining. Oh, it is superior on all levels. And let me set the scene for you guys, for, for our listeners. This is this movie has the unique quality of being the only movie that Matt, Sherry, me and Jack, and our oldest friend Neil from Back From The Day, we all saw it in the theater together. I think Matt and Neil actually saw it in the theater a few times. But all five of us went to see it went to go see it in the theater when it came out which we've never done before and I'll tell you again we've talked about missing being in the movies being in the theaters it is an experience when you get to share a movie watching experience with a group of people that you know are into into the same movie it makes a difference so I was already kind of jazzed about seeing it just because we as a group were going together you know it came out in 2015 and I mean, sure, this is a Mad Max movie, but let's get real here. It is a Furiosa movie, start to finish. Mad Max is oh, almost yeah. is almost just a side character, and I'm not really hot for Tom Hardy. He's just kind of blah for me. Not, and it's not even just what he looks like. I mean, he's you know he looks average, no big deal. But he just is kind of boring to me. I like him very much in like Inception, and he's great as a bad guy in Batman, but. I just think he's kind of eh. Qu- question questionable. <laughs> Is he really that great as a villain? Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, for what they did for for Bane, but yeah, this movie is a Charlie's Theron movie through and through. It is all about the ladies, and you and I feel like the stakes of this movie are very well established very early, and it freaking rocks. It is so good. Well, and and to your point. Even in this movie, Max, like, you get a little bit of a backstory. Like, you know he's got having, like, flashes and he's been stuck in this wasteland and everything. Yeah. But you actually, like, at some point get a whole backstory on Furiosa and, like, how she was kidnapped from this yeah. from this group and then turned into a... Like, you don't, you don't figure out, like, how she lost her arm or anything like that, but... You get more of a backstory. You get backstory on the girls that she's trying to take, you know, trying to save. Yeah. You get you get a little bit more more backstory. So because of that, you have characters that you can invest in. Yeah. Whereas in the other movies, there's little other than like feeling bad that, you know, people have to not have water, not have gas and be dirty all the time. The other movies, you don't really have as much to invest in because there isn't a lot of you know not just backstory but there's 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 nothing to invest in the protagonist well and and the the bad guys are so easily spotted in this movie from the very beginning you know the gross disgusting almost like Jabba the Hutt like character Morton Joe who I don't know if he's supposed to be like 150 years old or what the problem is but he's so it, disgusting the, the thing like that was one of the things that's interesting about this movie is all those like like the reason why he has all the stuff on him and they talk and like they're making such a big deal of like the baby being perfect and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff in it is because almost all of them have cancer. 
they're all like oh. suffering from from radiation poisoning and having cancer and oh, that's why I didn't that's why that. that's why Nux Nicholas Holt's character they like all the war boys have what they call a half life and they need they you know they need yeah. blood infusions and everything like that cuz they all have leukemia <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. See, I didn't catch. I, I was. In, I was going to ask you why. What I is had. Wrong? To, I had to read up on that. Okay. Like, when the movie came out, I was like, "What is up with these guys?" And that's kind of the backstory that I that I got was, they they all have these problems, you know, and that's okay. why he has the little tumors that he had on, yes. on his on, yes. on, that he talks to, and they all think they're going to die anyway. So, yeah. witness, witness me. Okay. I, am, I'm, I will meet you at the gates of Valhalla. And talk, talk, talk about the cult-like following that his that this like army he has built with these albino leukemia boys. I mean, it's just yeah. so nuts. So, so the character of a Morton Joe, mm-hmm. the actor that plays him, is played. Or he played the main, the head of the biker gang, Toe Cutter, in the original Mad Max movie. Oh, wow. He stuck around all those years later. He Well, he just brought the actor back and was like, hey, do you want to be in this movie? I mean, that's what and, is wild about these movies. Isn't George Miller involved in all of them? George Miller has directed all of them and been um, involved in the story for all of them. and And it's crazy to think, like... He's done all the Mad Max movies. He did the Witches of Eastwick, but then he also did the second Babe, the pig, you know, the oh. pig Babe. He did the second Babe movie and directed both Happy Feet movies. He's got a soft side then. That's nice. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, I think it's wild, though, that, you know, the la- the Thunderdome came out in what, 80, you said 85. 85. Yes. And then Fury Road comes out 30 years later, and it's the same right. guy involved. I think that's just pretty cool. Well, and I guess they tried to make Fury Road, um, like, in, like, 98, he had thought, like, I think I want to make another Mad Max movie and started working on a script and everything for it. Um and then they were going to try and make it in, like, 2003, but things just kind of fell apart. Mm. And then, um, you know, I think in 2011 is when they actually started filming this. Mm. And then it took, you know, four years for it to come out because they shot almost 500 hours of footage. That's ridiculous. It is. And then his... And then the editor had it took three months for the editor to just watch all the footage. And the editor is George Miller's wife. Oh, my God. I mean, talk about torture. Talk about torture. She she won the Academy Award for editing that. year. Okay, well, maybe she's so. So so it totally paid off. And and that is one of the things that I mean, this movie got nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, this movie definitely it had a following already because it was Mad Max. So you had yeah. all those people who were like, ooh, I love those old Mad Max movies I grew up watching. I definitely want to see this. But it because of Charlize Theron's performance and the character of Furiosa, mm-hmm. the, um, the, the social commentary that it brings up. Oh. And then, and then just the, str- and then the incredible action and special effects. Yeah. Cause 80, cause almost all the 85% of the effects are all practical effects. They actually had guys swinging on those <laughs> sticks and, and drive, and they built all the cars and like driving the cars and everything. It yeah. was crazy. So 
because of all of that, there is... I understand the praise for this movie. Oh, me too. I think it's great. And But even still, the whole movie is still just a gigantic chase. It, it is, but I feel like this is maybe the first Mad Max movie that really has a good reason for the chase. I mean, what a noble thing. What a noble thing. I mean, the plan to um, help these four or five women who are literally called breeders, you know, Mm -hmm. get them away from this gross, disgusting world and get them to a, the green place, you know, this area that Charlize Theron remembers as a child, which was a much prettier place, and it was away from these warlords in Morton Joe, yeah. and to not be treated like property anymore. I mean, just yeah. just this whole, I mean, not just the basic of here they're being forced like a sex slave almost, and then to have this child, but also just the like larger, you know, f- female body autonomy kind of issues. I mean, it just, it's so, it's so good. And I mean, you've got like Zoe Kravitz is one of the, the girls. Um, I totally forgot she was in this movie. And then I saw her and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. She's she's shorter hair. So it's almost harder to recognize her. Um, Lisa Marie Presley's daughter is the redhead in it. So you've got Elvis's granddaughter. That's why she she looked familiar. Um, I, was, I was looking at her like she looks so familiar. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and then of course you already mentioned Nicholas Holt is he's super annoying for about a third of the movie, but then things switch and then you're like, oh my god, this guy's great. And you know, it's like he finally kind of comes on board. His his story arc is maybe the most interesting as far as I'm concerned because he's goes from being just this intensely um, devout Morton Joe follower and then it switches for him and then he helps, helps the women. Um, and then eventually you end up like getting, meeting these, these, this older lady squad <laughs> that help them. I mean, it's, it just goes so many more places than mm-hmm. road warrior did. And I just feel like it, if anyone ever needs to watch any Mad Max movies, just watch Fury Road. I think, I, and they do such cool things with the, with the filming, they film at a faster frame rate. So it looks like it's always a little sped up during the action sequences, which well, is really and, cool. And the edit and that kind of enhances you know, the whole editing aspect of it too, where, you know, they, you have all this footage and then it, there's a lot of quick cuts. Yeah. So, you know, like all the different angles you had to do and everything. It's pretty crazy. They also, you know, when this movie came out too, you know they were really trying to push 3D, oh. so they did. So there's a lot of things that they do in this movie that have kind of a cool look in 2D because they were meant to be done like viewed in 3D. Mm. And sometimes you look at it and you're like, that was really unnecessary. There's lots of <laughs> but like other times swinging it's, a camera around mm, and things like that, yeah. so you could seem like something's coming out of you. But I am not yeah. a 3D person. I do not like yeah. 3D. I've seen. One movie in 3D, and that was enough for me. It made me want to barf, so. Yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely, visually, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff in this, you know, from the, the, the way it was shot, mm-hmm. the the editing and the fast cuts. 
Um, like we said, we could probably deal do without some of the 3D stuff, but I thought it kind of made some interesting kind of effects. But then after, because of the movie's success, Miller actually like worked out releasing what they call the black and chrome edition, which is basically a black and white version of the movie. Oh, interesting. Which is, which is kind of adds to that gritty nature to it. But and I haven't watched it, so I'm kind of curious. But you could probably just turn the color off your TV, and you, right? Same, you right? think you could probably just do the same, unless unless there's some extra kind of treatment he does. Well, but that's the thing that, and that I was going to get to is is so you'd think like you can just take the color down, but um, when I was reading up about the the making of this movie, George Miller actually didn't want to focus on the look as much some of the look that he had in the older movies, he wanted to like really enhance the color, like so that there was a lot of color in the movie because his philosophy, his thinking was if things are so bad in that time that yeah, there's dirt and dust everywhere, but people are going to try and want to make it as colorful as possible to like make themselves feel good, I guess. Mm. So he really he, he really wanted the art direction and everything to really put a lot of pop and color in it. And I don't see a lot of that like cuz how do you do that in the in the desert? <laughs> but yeah, there's lots of brown. And, and so like there's the peasant, lots of brown. And and you know all the all the citizens are in that like brown beige kind of rags that they're wearing. Yeah. Um but no I I really enjoyed rewatching this movie. I watched I watched them in order today. So I watched Road Warrior earlier, and it took me a while to get through, even though it was only an hour and a half. But it was it was really nice to get to revisit Charlize Theron, just being so awesome. I mean, she's so charismatic. I mean, she she carries this movie. I mean, she yeah, is the she reason does. to watch this movie, not Tom Hardy and. Ugh. I thought. Tom I mean, I don't Hardy, mean to be so I, mean about it for him, but no, he just no. But he he well he did he I felt like he played he played a good Mad Max. He did not you know he played a good Max. You know, I I think that as far as his character, how his character was supposed to be, you know, it was not a huge departure from the Mad Max we knew from that Mel Gibson had done in my eyes. I thought he, he did a pretty good job. You know, he only had 52 lines in the whole movie. It wasn't that so, few. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's kind of how his character is. He just wants to like, he doesn't want to be some sort of leader. He doesn't want to be a part of anything. He just wants to be kind of on his own. And, you know, there wasn't really a lot of intention to be like, to try and make his character identical to to the max that we knew either i mean he has the same jacket that's about it mm. <laughs> you know yeah but it's but, kind of, uh, i mean that's kind of irrelevant anyways because i mean it's yeah. just it's clearly like a different it's it's it seems like it's kind of the same world but not exactly yeah well and 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 along those lines what one thing i wanted to point out was there was a lot of debate i guess amongst fans of whether this was a a fourth like movie in the seat in the in in the series or if it was like a reboot of this mm. of this franchise or what and george miller i guess has said like it's supposed to be more like a reboot in that same world and not necessarily a continuation from 
um, Thunderdome. Mm -hmm. Like, it's the fourth in a series. But I would almost say it might not be a continuation. I could see this movie taking place after Road Warrior and, you know, or between, you know, or between Road Warrior and Thunderdome, but not after Thunderdome. Mm. And and you really can't... You, I guess you could say that it could be a reboot only because the flashes that we see when he's having his whole kind of trauma... You know, like, like flashbacks during, when, the, when the anxiety is really high and mm-hmm. the actions are really intense, none of those flashbacks re- relate too much to any of the other movies. Mm-hmm. So... It could be like a reboot without a lot of backstory on him, but along those same lines, like why even call it Mad Max? Why why not just call it Fury Road and not put his name on it? <laughs> well, like you said, though, I mean, unlike you know Star Wars having the kind of following it did, and then hearing that in the late '90s, early 2000s, new movies were coming out, Mad Max's cult following's a little smaller. Um, yeah. So I mean, to kind of have that built-in audience. You know, you label it a Mad Max movie. And like you said, I mean, the kind of the way the cars look, I mean, that still felt similar, um, just newer, I guess. But I mean, we can't have a discussion about Fury Road and not talk about some of the goofier elements of this movie. The biggest one being the guitar guy. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. The most the most ridiculous vehicle and the most unnecessary part of Morton Joe's crew is the gigantic car with the like big timpani drums on the back amps in the middle and a guy playing a mixed guitar, electric guitar, electric bass like that shoots out flames and has blades on the end of it. playing like a soundtrack you know as he's driving i kind of i kind of equate it to like if your car stereo was broken and then you decided to like have just a regular boom box in it but then <laughs> but the boom box wasn't enough so you have someone driving behind you with a with a gigantic boom box as their whole car <laughs> driving behind you so you could listen to music as you drive yeah it, it- it's very silly. It's very, very but, silly. But, I mean, I think that kind of element makes it feel more like a Mad Max movie. Well, and you know what? the unnece- Like, it seems so unnecessary, but I think that kind of adds to the fun. Yeah. To the fun yeah. part of it, I guess. I mean, if you think about it, like, there's a lot of, like, wacky characters in this from, you know, the the, the bullet farm guy who has all the machine guns and is driving the car with the tank treads to the head of gas town and his like totally deformed feet, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. But who is wearing a suit, but the nipples are cut out of the suit. So his nipple rings can be connected. (laughs) I mean, there's some, there's some, there's some very interesting, um, costume design in this movie that, I can only imagine is kind of like taking, you know, assless chaps guy and like turning it up to a thousand. <laughs> man, they like in road warrior, in road warrior, man, every chance I got to like show his naked butt, we got to see it. It was too much. I was like, God damn it. Why? 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 I mean, why did me like, why did, 
the humongous get to have like a speedo, but you know his buddy had to have have to have assless chaps and yeah, nothing ridiculous. nothing underneath. And he rode him, and he rode a motorcycle, and then he had a guy behind him on the motorcycle. I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> it's all just bad. He's like rubbing up against his butt the whole oh time. Oh my god! Stop! Uh, <laughs> stop! <laughs> I, I think it goes without saying that Furiosa is my favorite character in Fury Road. I'm assuming yours oh, yeah. too. Yeah, I mean she's pretty great. I Nicholas Holt's okay. He's I, think I mean he he's really good. good. He's my second favorite character. Yeah, Furiosa's. I mean, and you know, I guess when they made this movie, um, Tom Hardy was very difficult to work with on the set. Mm. Like Charlize Theron and George Miller have come, have talked about how hard it was on set, but and Hardy apologized. You know, when it was all said and done, he, I guess, I don't know if it was the working conditions or what, but he ended up signing on to make three more of these movies. And I was like, damn, that, that's pretty crazy. Except they're not going to bring her back. Give me a well, break. Yeah, well, so one of the movies that they were going to make was a prequel that was a Furiosa backstory movie. And then they just recently came out and said, sorry, Charlize, we're not going to have you reprise your role as Furiosa because we don't want to de-age you for the movie to make you younger. And I'm like, who gives a shit? I mean, that just seemed kind of ridiculous. So she, cause, cause I mean, you have to remember that part of what makes good characters is the performance behind them and if you have a terrible performance behind a character sometimes yeah, it just it. falls flat so she definitely is what no no one's going to look at another actor and and see that that is supposed to be furiosa and you know buy into it i mean think of how hard it was for um the guy in the solo movie to try and play han solo yeah I mean, that was so many people were so against that. Yeah. And that, you know, and the, granted, Han Solo, Han Solo, I thought he was good. I, yeah. I enjoyed it. But, you know, Han Solo is a very iconic character. Oh, yeah. You know, now when you have Furiosa, everyone's going to think that Charlize Theron is going to play her. Yeah. And then if it's not her, I mean, that just seems like some sort of like sequel that goes direct to. To, to video you know it doesn't you know that it just it's it that just seems kind of falling flat yeah because she she's so great my fa- i think my favorite scene in the movie i think it's that f- that scene where not the first chase when uh max is tied is being still being the blood bag and tied to the front of the car mm-hmm. but like the second big chase after that um through the through the, the canyon. through the canyon yeah. and everything, where he's actually like taking the wheel, like taking the wheel, and yeah. more of a participant in helping them. Yeah, that whole ch- part of the chase, because because yeah. I had forgotten like how quickly the main chase of the movie started, and it starts. 12 minutes mm-hmm. into the movie. Yeah, they don't waste any time. They don't waste any time. But it's also called Fury Road. It's not called... The Citadel. It's not called The Citadel or Mad Max Furiosa or something like that. It's all about being on this road and yeah. doing this chase. So, and I mean, in the coincidence of him getting captured when he did and then being used as the blood 
as the blood bag and then her leaving when she did and then because Nicholas Holt's character Nux right Nux Nux because he insisted on driving but he was getting the blood transfusion like that's the only reason Mad Max is even brought into that part of the story otherwise he would have still been hanging upside down like a bat you know waiting for his blood to be drawn by someone else right right but but no, I'm I'm really glad that we got to do these. I mean, we're again continuing the big summer blockbuster experience, and and this movie definitely was a summer movie. I think it came out in May, um, so it was kind of like early summer when it came out. Yeah, and and it has it it checks the boxes of action and you know. Oh yeah. Being action packed, that seems to be the summer the summer trends, like as we've discussed. Yeah. But yeah, no, I I hadn't seen some of these movies in a while. I think this is only like the second or third time I've watched Fury Road. Only, only because, my second time. Only because um, I just haven't had a chance to watch it. It only came out five years ago, so you know, it's it's, it's, it's not it's, a movie it, that when it happens to be on it, TV, you sit and watch watch it. If this movie had come out three years after um, Thunderdome and was on TBS all the time, mm. yeah, I probably would have seen it like 20 times at least, but definitely would have... If it was the same exact movie but just done 22 years ahead of time, <laughs> then, yeah, I would have been watching this movie a lot. And it would have... It would have done pretty well then, too. Yep. So, well, that's all I have to say. And yeah. And I'm... Again, glad to glad to be able to check these movies out. Staying at home a lot really helps. So hopefully yep. everyone everyone out there is doing what they can to stay at home. And if you have to leave your house, you're wearing a mask, and you're frequently watching your washing your hands. Um, I was telling uh, my wife earlier this week because baseball against my my better judgment came back. Um, I kind of felt like that was a mistake, but it's probably getting shut down. I don't know. It's hard to tell, but I'll tell you this. Things have felt a hell of a lot more normal knowing that some that that baseball is back for me. So having enjoy as weird as it is three days, I think (sighs) by end of next week, it's gone. You think so? Yep. I don't know. I mean, they may they may have some basketball and well, hockey. You should be able to watch some hockey soon. You know what? Hockey, I guess, is playing, and I, for some reason, I'm less interested in watching that. Um, basketball, my team's not yeah. not one of the 22 teams coming back, and I find the fact that they're all playing in Florida kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but my point is, is we have to do whatever we can to keep ourselves mentally healthy. But at the same time, not be stupid. So hopefully everyone is staying home, checking out some of these movies we're talking about. There's a lot to watch. <laughs> There's a lot to watch. And, you know, taking care of themselves and taking care of everybody else. Yep. So, so my name is Matthew. My name is Nancy. This has been Fighting Over the VCR. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will see you soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>